0: and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, salon owners, now I'm sure you are aware that the sweet rental salons are becoming more and more of a huge thing in our industry and yes it may appeal to many but the question that i get asked a lot is is it more beneficial than having a team and growing a team so today i wanted to chat with someone who can shed some light on this question and is willing to give an honest answer currently running the high performance salon academy in the us Jason has worked with many, many salon owners and beauty companies across the world and has a great insight on what works and simply what doesn't. So let's dive in and meet my good friend, Jason. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Super pleased to have you here.
1: Oh, I'm super excited. Uh, I've been watching the show for a long time, checking it out, seeing what you do. And I'm like, I'm ridiculously honored to be a guest. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for coming. So let's start for those that don't know who you are. Who are you, Jason? Where are you from? What do you do? How did you get to be doing just that?
1: Super good. That was eight questions in once. I can answer all eight. It's going to (laughs) happen. So uh, if you haven't met me yet, my name is Jason Everett. Uh, I run a little little company here in America called the High Performance Salon Academy. We're one of the largest training companies uh, for salons that are looking to grow their teams. Uh, so salons that have you know, usually like you know, from four to seven and then beyond employees, we have some salons that have hundreds of employees, multiple locations, things like that. And so um, I've been doing that now for about, t- the, the Academy has been around for about seven years. I've been doing training, coaching, consulting for the last 12. And I kind of got my start in training and consulting um, by doing corporate training. So I used to do a lot of work uh, for some large companies here uh, in America in the salon and spa space, but also some international brands. You've probably heard of uh, like L'Oreal. I do a ton of work with them nationally and internationally, Philosophy Skincare. Care. Um, what's another one? Uh, Philosophy Skincare. Bare Minerals is another global brand and also Shiseido. And I've done a lot of work with them in their department stores, in their corporate teams. And I was always the guy who was brought in to do uh, the training for their trainers because they liked me training in large groups. So I would train the trainers for all those brands. And then after a while, they were like, hey, do you provide support at a salon level and at a spa level and at a barber level? And then I started creating more programs and eventually we created, like I mentioned, the High Performance Salon Academy. And so now I work with amazing people from this industry every single day, even though I'm an adopted family member of the salon and spa space. Uh, they are some of the most amazing people on planet earth and I just love every day that I get to do it.
0: I love what you do you bring so much energy to it now there's something a little bit extra that you do on top of it all you're a little bit of uh an adrenaline junkie what do you call yourself like this is something that you like to do uh yeah i would say i would say
1: adventurer (laughs) i don't know the adrenaline junkie most people would probably put me in that category um so yeah, we do something called high octane adventures where we take salon owners on once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime bucket list style adventures. So I've taken salon owners and done rally car adventures. We've driven tanks, shot machine guns, like crushed cars and tanks. Uh, we've done paragliding off the top of mountains, rock climb. And this last, just about a month ago, we took uh, 16 salon owners and literally flew stunt planes and did dog fights like in the air where you uh, you shoot at each other with airplanes. like. That was that was about a month ago with about 16 16 of our salon owners. That is and it's just crazy. I, you know, I'm a fan of pushing people way outside their comfort zone and outside their limits and I think as salon owners you can you can sometimes get stuck in a mode and you know our whole goal with all of our adventures is to help people learn in an environment that's unexpected. And so when they go and do these crazy adventures they get to learn a ton about business and then take it back inside and implement it in a totally different way and run some of the most amazing salons uh, on the planet.
0: I love it. It's amazing. Now, specifically, I wanted to talk to you today about growing a team. Like we've chosen yeah. to be in an industry that our engine, our business, is a team, and so it's vital. And I know that there's a shift uh, that happens as you grow, and uh, sometimes we can run into some roadblocks. And I know one of those is around that 17 members. Something changes, and what used to work suddenly doesn't work anymore. And uh, I want to talk about this because I don't think we talk about it enough. So tell me a little bit about that shift that happens at the seven employee mark.
1: Yeah. And that it's kind of like seven, eight, it kind of like breaks down a little bit. And they, they've actually done a lot of studies that have shown like, this might sound a little morbid to say it this way, but they said that in most people's lives, and this is like social media included in this, is that there's about a hundred to 150 people in your sphere and in your universe. And this might sound silly, but that you would be sad if they died. Like, I know that sounds a little <laughs> crazy, but like uh, about a hundred to 150 people. And, and that's why most weddings are about a hundred to 150 people. Because um, you know, that's about the number of people that you and your family can kind of care about and think about and whatever, but when you reel it down into intimate relationships and working relationships, the average person can maintain healthy relationships with about seven people okay, and what that means is is like you're invested in their life you know about their family you care for them you, you are aware of like you know what's going on with their reality and their their world you know what they did before and like you're really invested in that relationship. So once you hit about that seven mark, all of a sudden, person number eight. You don't remember if they have kids. You don't remember like what their favorite coffee is. Like it's getting complicated, and you're like, I can't keep track of more than this. And by the way, if you if you ever want to test of this, um, phone numbers in America. I don't know in Australia, the, the number Australia, New Zealand might be different. But on, on the regular numbers you would dial here in the U.S., there's about seven numbers, right? So it's like you know two nine six five six two four, or like there's a string of numbers, and there's also country codes, and there's you know all these and, and area codes, and all that other stuff. But the seven numbers that make up a general phone number. Is that what it is in New Zealand, by the way? Is it seven? Absolutely. Seven, right? A three and a four. Okay, perfect. Yeah, three and a four. So the same. Ours are three and four. Okay, so I'm glad it worked out. Country code's different, but three and a four. So here's the thing. The reason why they do that is most people can remember about seven numbers. So about seven relationships, seven numbers. And they did a study and then what they did, that's why we, we chunk it into a three and a four because it's easy to remember a pattern of three and a pattern of four. So what starts to happen is your mind literally starts organizing things in threes, fours, and then up to seven. And so as soon as you get more than that, you have to break it down and start chunking things down to remember, well, that batch of people does this, that batch of people does this. So what has to happen is that that seven person mark, you have to hire on a manager or a leader to start managing that seven people so you could start growing another seven. Otherwise, you will be seen as somebody who doesn't care about the people that you work with and that you have all these problems. And so that's the thing, right? As you work in in this industry where people are fiercely tuned in with each other and intimately involved in day-to-day details and then all of a sudden person number eight nine and ten start feeling left out and you're like why can't I run this business anymore? Because at seven or at five, it was super easy. But now at 10, um, it's it's all falling apart. Nobody does what I ask them to do. And it's just a lot of chaos without putting management layers in place. We do something called the Code of Honor uh, that we do that is also really helpful. And it like it really helps like solidify a larger team and grow up to literally hundreds of people if you do it correctly.
0: Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up, you have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right. Let's get back to the episode. All right, let's talk about this code of honor a little bit because I think that's uh, that's really interesting to me. Uh, how does it work?
1: Yeah, so a code of honor is a set of rules that's made up by the team, for the team, with, the owner involved. And this is really important because I think for a lot of people, and by the way, um, a, a good friend and a uh, mentor of mine is a guy by the name of Blair Singer. This is his idea. I've worked with him for over 15 years now. And uh, he and I worked to develop this inside the salon spa industry so that, you know, as you would build out a team of people, you realize that like, if you think about this, uh, you know, any sort of military, any sort of religion, any sort of large company, they have to have kind of like the 10 commandments, if you will. It's like they have to have a code of conduct that they live by because in the absence of rules, people make up their own right? So if you think about that for a second, it's like most people are running around going like, why doesn't Susan do what she's supposed to do when she's supposed to? Why do I have to remind her 18 times? And, you know, all these other things, by the way, uh, book recommendation, because I did have it up here. I did see it. Uh, the book is called Code of Honor by Blair Singer. If you get a chance to read it, great book. Uh, again, highly, highly, highly recommend it. We give it to every one of our clients. So um, anyway, so you have to have this set of rules um, that you have inside the business because most people are going to break rules. Like driving down the road and in your city, you've probably sped before. I know, crazy, right? But you have to have rules that sometimes get broken and then you have to have a way to enforce it. it does, like if you get pulled over uh, and get a ticket, it probably won't surprise you because you knew you were breaking a rule. But sometimes what happens is people think they have to have zero tolerance expectations. Oh, you were late one time, fired! Or the opposite of that is like, well, they were late seven times. Somebody just go talk trash about them behind their back and just guilt them or shame them into showing up right. But there's actually a whole methodology. We call it calling it. Uh, how do you call it? How do you do it in a way that does isn't confrontive and combative? And there's a lot of things. That's actually the first, uh, we do a bunch of different programs, but like one of our first things we teach everybody is we spend our first couple of weeks building a code of honor because your business will literally fall apart if you don't have it, or you will be caught trying to hold it all together with your own, smarts and let me just say i'm not the smartest person on planet earth i'm just around amazing people is that the more the rules are clear the easier it is for us to all play the same game
0: yeah i love that um i think the pivotal thing is with uh without that people make their own rules and before you know it you've lost control of your business you're out of the driver's seat uh it's hard to get back in (laughs) Most people have this
1: idea that like, you know, they say, they say, uh, look, can't we just have the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated? And like, shouldn't everybody just, doesn't everybody just treat each other really well? And I'm like, look, man. I know lots of people that treat themselves ways that I wouldn't want to be treated. So I'm not going to allow that rule to be in place. You have to say, here's the standard we uphold ourselves to. And so when you go into different businesses, like, you know, a McDonald's has a different standard of upholding people versus going into a makeup counter and getting Bare Minerals or L'Oreal or like all the fragrance counters at a department store, like there's all these different layers, and you got to decide: Are you the the cheapest possible experience, or are you a high end experience? And then how you treat the guests, and how you treat your clients, and how you treat each other just evolves. So you have to get clear about who you are, what you represent, and what are the rules that govern your business.
0: Amen to that. Right message. <laughs> I got here. a lot of amen. Yeah.
1: I got it. I got it. <laughs> so good. Hey, I
0: really want to uh, uh, talk about something that's happening here in New Zealand and Australia. It's starting to come. It's a conversation that's starting to bubble around, but I know it's something that is deeply embedded into life, salon life in the U S and that yep. is uh, the salon suite environment and the Big sort topic. of, uh, yeah, it's a change that's happening here. And I know it's, it worries salon owners. We come from uh, a team-based environment, their employees, there's not until now there hasn't been a lot of other choice uh, and now these right. sweets are starting to pop up so I reckon you're a good uh an expert on the topic po- probably uh of where I mean, possibly we're heading
1: yeah yeah I mean look it's a it's an interesting study and if you guys want to see what's happening I mean look uh, you know the United States uh can do like good and bad sometimes things happen here and then it trickles out to the rest of the world so you know I, I I'm not a uh nationalist in the sense of like america is a certain way and the rest of the world's different i just mean sometimes things can evolve here and then go to other places around the world and one of the things that has happened here in the united states is over the over the course of the last probably 10 years is that this booth and suite rental environment has gotten really big and in some states in the united states um it's been outlawed like they said literally you can't have a booth rental or suite rental situation and in other states they have no rules for it in some law in some states like i live in california um there are a lot of in there are a lot of california salons that have a lot of regulatory issues with being able to run their salon but here's why it's happening and here's why it's coming to you is that what's going on is that the salon industry has changed. We talk about this all the time inside our academy is that, You know, your guests have changed and evolved, right? In the last 10 years, have guests evolved? Heck yes. Has your staff evolved in the last 10 years? Absolutely. Well, why is your salon still running on the same business model? And so for a lot of salons, they're thinking that they go, well, look, if I provide you with a spot to work and I provide you with some clients to walk through the door, uh, then I'm good. Like, I don't really need to do anything. I'm just providing you with a seat. So what happened is, is salons here in the United States just said, well, let me just give you a seat and let you pay by the month to be there because people in the salon industry are fiercely independent, right? Like almost everybody goes to beauty school. It's got this giant, like, let me prove everybody wrong sort of thing. They're like, they're like, they said I wouldn't make it. They said I want to do it. So let me put my name on the salon. Larissa's Magnificent Salon, Jason Salon Emporium, right? It's like, I want to prove people wrong that I finally made it. And I opened my own business. And so what happened in America is people got a shortcut and the shortcut was instead of me opening a salon and hiring on 15 staff and trying to make a go of it, I could just open up a suite. And I could say, Jason owns his own salon. It's, it's just me. I just run my own business, but I, I don't have to deal with a boss anymore. And I think what happened is that we actually have a leadership crisis that's happening all over the world. It's not just in America. There's a leadership crisis. And there are leaders that think that just running a business literally means I provided a place for you to work. But what I believe, and hopefully I, I think you believe this too, Marissa, is that what we believe is that, You know, the business of running a business is really about growing and developing the people that work there, helping them have a better lifestyle. Like the the deal for me is I want people to see what they're truly capable of. And I know if people just are left to go off on their own, they will never reach the same potential as if they work with a team of people to push each other and grow. And so that's what I'm constantly looking for is how do we grow people? Like my business partner, Doug Campbell, always said this way. He goes, my business is to grow people. I just happen to use hair to do it. And so as he sees people buy new cars and buy houses and like continue to evolve and get married and have kids and have their entire life be part of the industry, they can do that through the amazing career that is the beauty industry. But so many people think that it's like, well, I'm never going to make more than you know, 30000 a year, 40000 a year, 50000 a year, where we have like people who earn six figures and seven figures. And like, you know, we have salons that are doing seven figures and up. We have, you know, million-dollar salons, $5 million salons, $10 million salons, where the owners are making $100,000, $200,000 and not working behind the chair. So it's like if you know that there's, there's a capacity for you to get to – that you can do if you do it correctly. That's what I'm about, is helping salon owners evolve, change with the models and be able to stay with them. Because if, if you don't think suite rentals or booth rental are like gonna be big in your area, it's a passing fad, I would just say, be mindful because that's what they thought in the US. And then they opened up everywhere. And then it was like, well, why would I work for you? And I can pay 200 bucks a week to go have a salon down the way. And I don't have to, I don't have to pay you anything. I, I, the, the myth is I keep all my own money. I'll just keep it all for yeah. myself when they don't when they just don't know what it costs to really run a business
0: that's right it's definitely a myth i think yeah. um my sort of position for owners who are fearful of team members leaving to go and do this is to uh, and i'm interested in your opinion jason is to not try to compete with that market like let's keep it separate and be you know they're apples and oranges. And I think the danger is if we try to compete with what is perceived to be the benefit of doing sweet rental or working on your own, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. being self-employed, I think we put what we have as a team-based business in jeopardy. And I think we should really just step into uh, the strength of what we have, double down on that. uh, And yeah, otherwise, I think it's, it's becoming dangerous. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's you said team-based environment. I, I think a lot of salons say they're team-based and they're not. Here's what I mean. I'll give you a good example. Uh, I'm overdue for a haircut. I missed a haircut a couple of weeks ago. I'm overdue. I'm a little fluffy. I'm trying to work on it. I'm sorry, hair industry. Don't hate on me. If you, if you can see me, I'm sorry. Uh, but here's what happens. Even the salon I go to, which I do not coach, by the way, full disclosure, I do not coach the salon I go to because I feel like it's weird to be able to do that. So I try and go to salons I don't coach just to check out what the regular world is like, right? So I go, into, I go to my salon, I go to the same stylist every single time, and I, I had to cancel an appointment a couple days out. And she's, you know, she's a great stylist. So she's booked out four six weeks in advance, and I know I can't reschedule. But here's the interesting thing. The receptionist on the phone says to me, I said, Hey, I can't make the appointment. I'm sorry, I got to reschedule. Hopefully, you can open that up for somebody else. And she goes, Great. Well, uh, would you like to reschedule? I'm like, Yeah, of course. Get me on the schedule. And she goes, Well, I have you down for four weeks from now. Now, I like to get my haircut every four weeks, right? I have you on the schedule for four weeks from today. I'm like, Yeah, I know. That's my next appointment. When else can you get me in? Oh, I'm sorry. She's booked up uh, from now until your next appointment. I'm like, Okay. And she goes, Would you like to just keep that appointment? And I'm like, Well, wait a second. Like, I still need a haircut. Like I still need it there's still other there's still 10 other staff that work there why don't they say hey you know what um you know Michelle who actually works here I'm sure your stylist can tell Michelle how to cut your hair she'll take care of you and we'll do it That would be if you worked at a team-based environment is that I could visit any one of those stylists at any time. They could all help me. And like the whole business took care of me, not just the one stylist took care of me. And I think the guilty thing that happens inside salons is that people get these, uh, call them stranglehold relationships on their guests, right? It's like, Larissa, you're mine and you can never go to another stylist, right? But the problem is, is if I have that stranglehold relationship with you, Larissa, and I'm cutting your hair, well... Then I just, at some point I go, well, why do I work at this salon? Because Larissa and my 200 other guests, 500 other guests will come with me to another salon, no matter where I work. And no matter whether that's in a suite or another salon or whatever. And I think that's the lie when people say they have a team-based business, when you only have one stylist or one service provider responsible for the experience, then even though you have team around you, you're not really running a team environment. And that will be the kiss of death to you when uh, salons and suites and all those place, places come around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, <laughs> you're so right. Uh, and and back to, uh, it's our responsibility to build that team-based environment um, yeah. and actually have a relationship with the client rather than just directly through the stylist. Yeah,
1: I mean, sure that, you know, again, upsells, cross-sells, cross-service. Like, do they know a nail tech? Do they know a massage therapist? Do they know uh, the gal who runs your boutique? Or like who, you know, the, all throughout the business, do they have a relationship with multiple points? And like, we have a salon owner, Lindsay Haney, who's inside our High Performance Salon Academy. She's been with us for like four years. She's a rock star. She has something she calls the get around card, where she actually has these little printed out cards that has everybody's name on it. You get a little hole punch every time you visit somebody, some other stylist in the salon. And most salons like, why would you ever do that? And it's because she wants them to have a relationship with the salon as the brand, as their company, not just with that one stylist. Because when it's just with the one stylist, that's a dangerous position to be in.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. When I had my uh, salon, we had a rule that three people needed to touch each client. So it's yeah. somebody that would do the shampoo or get the coffee um, right. and someone else would do the color service and someone else would do the styling and the cutting. And that right. really was implemented to future-proof us to make sure that the relationship was with the business. And if somebody moved on, it doesn't matter because Jane already colors my hair. I'll just keep right. going to
1: her. Yeah. It's only one so piece I, of I think, experience.
0: Yeah. And I know sometimes as stylists, we hold on to, oh, I don't want to be uh, the type of business that everybody, there needs to be this relationship. And I think that's nice for the stylist or for you as the owner as the stylist, but I think that's really not future-proofing. Well, I I would say
1: this, quit being selfish with your clients.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's super important because you know what? The selfish, and I love my hairdresser. So if she listens to this, I hope she doesn't get mad at me. But like, it's selfish that she goes, well, I need to have that back on my books. And instead of her saying, I'd rather let somebody else cut your hair this time and keep Jason as a long-term guest. Because the, the reality is you're afraid. You're afraid that that guest is going to go somewhere else. But here's the truth. Because that salon didn't take care of me and I need a haircut, I might go to another salon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now
1: you've completely the salon's lost me as a guest. The stylist has lost me as a guest. So with you being greedy, with not getting me back on your books because you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can touch my hair if nobody else could ever cut it then that actually has conditioned me to say, well, then I guess I'll, if I go shopping, then I probably won't come back because I'll feel guilty. And then I get that hairdresser guilt. You know what hairdresser guilt is, right? How dare you have gone to someone else? Did you box dye your hair? I don't know why you have to make that accent, but you know, like you get shamed into like going somewhere else or or box dying because you couldn't fit them in. And it's like, instead of saying, I am so sorry I couldn't get you in. I am so sorry you had to dye your own hair. Let me take care of you. Let me take care of it. Instead, you're shaming them for going there because you were too greedy thinking that you had to keep that money. Take care of your guests and they will take care of you forever.
0: Yeah, I think it's take care of the guest first uh, is always approach right and i think if we don't we actually are boxing ourselves into a corner because it means we're booked out months and weeks in advance we can't take the holiday we're exhausted and we get overwhelmed and we get burnout and then we go oh i scratch our heads and wonder why 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 am i burnt out
1: (laughs) that's why because you're trying to do it all on your own
0: do it all yeah that's right all right uh jason you're a business owner what is a or a mentor or something that keeps you focused, keeps you going, that you can share with our salon
1: owners? Yeah, you know, the mission for our company, I think is really important to know. Uh, mission for High Performance Salon Academy is um, to elevate the world's perception of the salon and spa industry. And, and I say that because my own personal mission is to um, help people see what they're truly capable of And that is right in line with elevating the world's perception of the salon spa industry because i think what happens is the salon spa industry oftentimes gets a bad rap is like you introduce yourself to somebody and you go what do you do oh i'm just a hairdresser i'm just a stylist i'm just a makeup artist i'm i'm just a salon owner and the second you put that word just in front of it it adds that like little respect of shame like i couldn't get into a traditional college or i couldn't go into proper school or like you know i had to take this job where what I find is that people love this job. They wanted to do this job. They've, they've been doing their Barbie's hair since they were four years old. Like they wanted to do this forever. Like it's an amazing job, but we get sold a bill of goods. that if you do it, like the only respectable jobs are doctors, lawyers, attorneys, uh, police officers, firefighters, like... BS man, hairdressers change and touch more people's lives than anybody else on the planet. And it is one of the most amazing jobs ever but we do things as an industry to discredit ourselves by just saying things like, I'm just a hairdresser, I'm just a salon. Like I know salon owners, they introduce themselves and it's like, oh, what do you do? Like I'm a salon owner and people go, oh, that's cute. What does your husband do? And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, and these people own $5 million salons that they're profiting $200,000, $350,000 from every single year. And, And I think as an industry, we deserve to make it better. And so for me, this idea of elevating the world's perception of the salon and spa industry is something that I will spend the rest of my life to work and achieve because, and I think it resonates with people in the industry because they just go like, I want to do that. I I've been there. I've been a, a factor of like, you know, well, my parents always said I'd either be a stripper or a hairdresser. So I guess I'm going to do hairdressing. Like that's just <laughs> the idea is like, you, you got to realize that it's not this second class position. It's a first class position. And we want people to feel that way all the time. So I hope that's inspirational for you. I hope you hear it and you resonate with. It because it certainly is what gets me fired up about this.
0: I love that. And you certainly are fired up at, at your your energy is catching for sure. It's because I said stripper. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: because I said stripper. I know what
0: it is. I got it. <laughs> hey now, you've already uh shared a book with us. Um so but you are a podcaster also. Why don't you share yeah. with us now uh your podcast, where can we find you, stalk you, and hear more totally. good stuff.
1: Um, if you want to stalk me, look up anything at High Performance Salon, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I don't know where else you could find me, but there's probably some other cool places. But um, we do something fun. I, you know, this is a little more personal development and this is good for any of your listeners, no matter what their business is. If they're a team of one or a team of 100, um, we do something kind of cool. It's, this is probably a little unexpected even for you, Larissa, but we do something called... Uh, it's called a seven day, beautiful minds challenge. Cause I just believe if you can get your mind right, you can do anything. And so we have this thing called seven day, beautiful minds challenge where every day for seven days, you take on a challenge in your physical, emotional and mental state. And you figure out how you can change uh, one area in each of those three. And you take on challenge for seven days. At the end of seven days, you just have a totally different perspective on how you live your life every single day. And so you you can check out our high performance salon stuff. I would just say, if you wanna just get better as a person, as an individual, um, check out our seven day challenge. Um, I've got a really cool uh, uh, place that they can go to. Um, They can just go over to our website and just look up seven day, or they can just find me online at Jason Everett and just send me a message and say seven day. And I'll make sure that I hook you up with the access to the free seven day challenge, totally free. um, And I can hook them up with all those goodies.
0: Amazing. Uh, Jason, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. I really appreciate it.
1: You're fun Uh, to hang with. Lots of good
0: conversations. (laughs) Uh, All right. Appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Larissa. You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing.
0: Jason, thank you so much for spending some time with me in the podcast today. I love the insights that you have and your willingness to share. Uh, all about the salon industry. Uh, I particularly loved what you had to say about creating a salon that encourages great client experience every time. And I think this is the focus your team will follow. Now, owners, I want you to grab my free Build a Rockstar Team Guide. I know it's going to help you achieve uh, and attract and retain great people in your business. So if you want to get your hands on it, come and let me know in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group, um and i'll send it straight to you i'll put the link to join us in the group in the show notes of this podcast otherwise to send me a dm and i will flick it your way all right thanks for tuning in for another great episode look forward to catching up with you again same time same place next week ciao for now but make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.